God has put his song in your heart and he wants you to sing his song. Let's take a look at Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3. I waited intently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the mud of the mire, and established my steps. And he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. God has put a new song in your mouth. God so desperately does not want you to sing anyone else's song. He wants you to sing his song. Let's go back to the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 tells us, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And I understand the Hebrew word for created, um, bara, means that God created out of absolutely nothing the heavens and the earth. And so God created the heavens first. This is so that we would know that his praise has been sung long before we existed. Although we cannot hear it, there is a symphony of worship in the heavens. It surrounds us. It was long before we were and even before the earth was. God has surrounded us with the heavens and God has surrounded us with the song of worship. This is God's song. You see the heavens, the stars, the birds, the creatures of the deep, the whales, the flowers. Every time, did you know that every time a flower opens up, it makes a pop sound. We can't hear it, but God can. When the wind blew, blows through the trees in summertime, we hear the rustling of the leaves, and I love to hear that. Every time a baby laughs, God hears it. All the great symphony of praise to God. And every time uh, it snows and a snowflake drops, it goes whoosh. But God is especially yearning to hear your voice in this great symphony of worship to him. I love this verse in Song of Solomon's. It's uh, chapter 2, verse 14. Oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. God wants to hear you. The psalmist under the anointing of the Holy Spirit exalts us all to praise God. And Psalm 148, this amazing psalm, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you stars of light, Praise him, you heavens of heavens, and the waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures, that includes whales, and all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth. Here the earth is brought into this praise, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the heavens and the earth. 
Verse 3 says, praise him, all you stars. I just wanted to share something with you that I've learned about stars, which really helped to bring Psalm 148 to life for me. Did you know that the stars are pouring forth praise to God in the heavens 24-7, 365 days a year? Um, let me give a little explanation. Through highly advanced electromagnetic telescope programs, we, uh, that's the world, is listening to the universe day and night. And when they aimed their telescopes toward the Vela Pulsar, they heard something that sounded like Morse code. Um, and so uh, a Vela Pulsar, this particular one, it's 1,000 light years away from us. It collapsed upon itself, becoming a pulsar, and it's oscillating on its axis 11 times per second. As it does this, um, I, I read, it shoots out a radio frequency out of itself. Um, and perhaps, I'm joking here really, but the Vela Pulsar, perhaps it got wind of Psalm 148 verse 3. It says, praise him all you stars of light. Maybe the Vela Pulsar thought, what can I do? We often say, what can I do? Well, perhaps it said, I'm a star. I can oscillate 11 times a second. So I'll send a radio signal to the universe so that I can join in the great symphony of God's praise from all creation. You see, the stars are singing to him. And when they recorded this, it sounded like stringed instruments. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And for me, I found that just by learning about these verse, verses in Psalm 148, as I said, it begins to bring this psalm so alive. Verse 3, praise him, sun and moon, praise him, all you stars of light. Let's continue with this. In verse 7, we're told to praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds. Remember when a snowflake drops, it goes whoosh. Stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds. You see, we've got the heavens, we've got the stars, we've got the sun, we've got the moon. Now the Lord speaks of the earth and he names everything upon the earth. He brings us in. He names kings and princes and rulers, young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above all the earth and heaven. Now let's look at verse 7 again. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great creatures, sea creatures, and all the depths. There's a lovely man called uh, Louis Giglio, and he visited Hawaii, and he wrote this. He observed the great giant creatures, and it was as though they were putting on a show for him. They leapt out of the water, they splashed, they rolled, they spouted, they blew. And he asked the local people, how do the whales know when and how to get here? Each year they have their young here. Just how do they journey here? The answer from the people who knew them well said, the main way the whales get around is the whale songs that they sing. You know, we really don't know the great expanse of worship that's continually surrounding the throne of God. This is the great symphony of the universe that surrounds the throne of God and it's bigger than our wildest dreams. And let's remember, God wants us to join in this. 
Let's remember the stars are singing, the whales are singing, the birds are singing, the angels are singing. But God, the greatest love song ever sung in the whole of eternity or ever will be sung is the song of love as God gave his son to die a terrible death on the cross for you, for me. And it cost God a severe price. You know, when we get to heaven, we'll begin to understand just what it cost God to purchase our salvation for us. God did for us what we could not do for ourselves and what we really, really did not deserve. So therefore, it's not unreasonable for God to, to want us to pass this on to others who do not deserve it. God has put his song of love in our hearts, in the very depths of our being. And he wants us to sing this world of love to the whole world. His song is a song of forgiveness. But you see, our unforgiveness, it's a block and it interrupts what God proposes and purposes to do in the world. You see, forgiveness starts at the cross. When Jesus was nailed to that cross, as they were nailing those horrendous nails, I cannot imagine the pain. He was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Do you know at any second he could have called upon legions of angels and he could have been rescued and you and I would be condemned to die and go to hell. You see, our salvation God cost, cost God everything. He paid a huge and severe price. Jesus bore the punishment that was due to me and to you. He gave us his righteousness in exchange and we can never ever earn or deserve it. You see, salvation is unconditional. We receive by faith, but fellowship is conditional. If we refuse to forgive, when we are hurt, then we've erected a great block between our Heavenly Father and ourselves. He longs to help us, but he can't because we put this block up. Now justification is unconditional. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So you see that justification is by faith and not by our good works. But you see the anointing of the Holy Spirit actually is conditional. When we are resentful and unforgiving, forget it, there is no anointing. And our status in his family is unconditional. Like for instance, um, if I'd fallen out with my parents, I would still be their daughter, but then I wouldn't be fellowshipping with them. So our status in the family is unconditional, uh, but our intimacy with Jesus is conditional. Jesus said, whenever you stand praying, first of all, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your transgressions. You see, our destiny, be it heaven or hell, is fixed, depending on whether we accept God's salvation through his son but receiving rewards is conditional i do recommend reading through 1 corinthians chapter 13 um, it's absolutely amazing it's the love it's the love one and i love it um, and i find that as i meditate on that the love that god's put in my heart 
will begin to come to the surface. Did you know that God condemns an unforgiving spirit? Wow. Jesus said, Jesus said this, if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive you your sins. Now, why does God dislike or, or, or hate an unforgiving spirit? There are three reasons. First of all, when we refuse to forgive, when we have an unforgiving spirit, it shows that we have an indifference really to the greatest thing that God did. And the greatest thing he did was to send his beloved son to die on the cross for our sins. To be forgiven is the most wonderful thing in all the earth. In order for God to be able to forgive us, God paid a very severe price. Right now we can only see the, really the tip of the iceberg of what it cost God, but I believe that when we're united with God in heaven, we'll begin to see really just how much God did for us when we absolutely did not deserve it. Therefore, he wants us to pass his forgiveness on to other people who equally like us do not deserve it. The second thing is we interrupt God's purpose in this world because his purpose is reconciliation. He says, I'm not holding your sins against you. I want to be reconciled to you. And so how do we do, how do we block God's or, or interrupt God's purpose in the world? We do it because we're refusing to pass on his love song and forgiveness because God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And when we are forgiven, he wants us to pass it on. When we interrupt it, therefore we, 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 we put a block against this wonderful love song flowing through us. Um, and God gave us total forgiveness. And what he's saying is, I want you to give total forgiveness to that individual that you are finding it very, very difficult to forgive. And you see, God also hates ingratitude um, because God knows exactly what he's forgiven of. And you know, sometimes um, people's sins, secret sins have, have leaked out, they've been in the newspapers. But honestly, I am sure that the deeper sin, is, is, it's hidden, but God sees it. He sees absolutely everything. I'm sure most of us know the story of the unforgiving servant. He owed something, let's say like a million pounds. Um, and he begged his master to forgive him of, of the debt. And he said, I'll pay it back, I'll pay it back. But the master says, you know, I forgive you. And he totally wiped that debt out and he set him free. And then immediately, what is so amazing, and I think some of us do this, that servant went to his servant who owed him something like five pounds, 10 pounds. And he took him by the throat and he shook him and he said, you pay me. And he said, have patience with me, I will pay you. And he said, no, you pay me. And he threw him into jail until he would pay the last penny. Well, the guy thought that his sin was hidden, but there were other servants who went and told the master what he'd done. And the master was extremely angry with him. And he threw that unforgiving servant into prison and said, you will not come out till you've paid the last penny. And I've been in a situation where I was holding a grudge against somebody and I would not, I would not forgive. I do not recommend it because literally I shut myself in a prison. And it wasn't until I read this that I would have to pay to the last penny. I was haunted 
by this individual. I couldn't forget them. I went over it again and again and again and again in my heart and in my mind. And I felt sick, absolutely sick. And I, I could hardly concentrate on what I was doing. But God was so merciful. He, he brought the truth to me through his wonderful and holy word. You see, I was so self-righteous. And we can all have a wild career of self-righteousness. And do you know it's worse than all the sexual sins? They're bad. But you know, when we're self-righteous, it shows that we have no awareness of our own sin. And God cannot forgive us if we have no repentance in our heart. And it's the goodness of God that leads us to repent. And I think that the chief cause of unforgiveness, certainly in my own heart, um, when we actually choose not to forgive someone, not to let them off the hook, um, because we don't fully appreciate the, what we've been forgiven by God. Honestly, if we were so aware of everything God had forgiven us, we would forgive. Pastor Derek is such a forgiving man. And I said, how do you do it? And he said, there but for the grace of God go I. I am so aware of my own weaknesses. And so you see the world song, it's vengeance, unforgiveness, it's separation. It says, take them to court, get every penny out of them. Um, you know, don't forgive them. Talk about them. Tell everyone what they're like. Tell the truth about this person. And that's vengeance. And you know, that's beyond our pay grade. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. We need to stay out of that. You see, God's song in our heart, it's forgiveness and reconciliation. You know, I remind myself, Psalms 40, verse 1 to 3, God has put a new song in my heart so that many will hear it and put their trust in the Lord. God wants us to sing his song of love and forgiveness. He wants you to sing his song of love and forgiveness and reconciliation to your family, to your friends, to your work colleagues. That could be a, a test to your neighbors, that can be a big test for some people, to the people you meet in the shops, on the buses, in the street. God wants you to be this amazing, amazing flow of his love. May I suggest some practical steps to help you? These are things that have helped me. When I would meditate on Romans chapter five, verse five, the love of God has been poured out within our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given us. Because when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell inside us and it says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. But you know we kind of keep it in a back closet and God wants us to use that love. And as we read this and really believe as we say it slowly to ourselves, God's love, God's kind of love has been poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit who has been given to me and dwells in me. Therefore, God's love is in me and I will show it forth to my friends, to my neighbors, etc. And also, as I'd said previously, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and it's verse, verses 4 to 8 it tells us what love is, um, that it's patient, that it's kind, that it doesn't take account 
of a wrong suffered. Now that take account means you write it down and you will not forget it and you keep going over and over and over it. And a wrong, it means that you've been misjudged, that you've been falsely accused, something like that that causes you sometimes great injury, physical injury, emotional injury. And it says we do not take account of it. We give it to the Lord. And you know, forgiving someone is the greatest part of healing. I have found if I've had a physical problem and I say, Lord, please show me my heart. What is blocking your healing flowing through me? Always, 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 it's been unforgiveness. And sometimes it's just a little, ah. Um, someone does something, says something that hurts you, and we kind of blow it off. But actually, sometimes it can take root, and we think about it, um, and we, we mull it over in our mind, and then it's with us when we go to sleep, and it's with us when we wake up. And eventually, if we don't forgive, it causes us to be open to sickness and to disease because what happens is that it lowers our immune system. Our immune system cannot fight to its greatest power because of all this negativity going on inside us. And so God wants us to forgive and to say, I forgive you. I release you from my unforgiveness Father, please forgive me for my judgmental attitude and forgive me for my unforgiveness. And Lord, I ask you to bless, and you say the person's name, that you bless them and fill them with your love and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. God's song in my heart and in your heart, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, is forgiveness and reconciliation. Pray for these people every day. Pray. I love the Ephesians prayer. Uh, if you look it up in chapter 1, verses 17 to 23, and Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. We can pray for one person, even if we feel, oh, I can't pray for all those people, but you can pray for one person. And if we all prayed for one person, hundreds and hundreds of people would be blessed by God and saved and come into the kingdom of heaven. And so I wanted to read to you um, Ephesians, and I've, I've got some extra bits that I put in that I found um, in the Amplified Version. This is the New King James Version. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to, and you put the name, the spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives her or him a deep and personal and intimate insight in the knowledge of him. I pray, Father, that you would open the eyes of their understanding. The very center and core of their being may be enlightened, so that may know and cherish what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you worked father in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and you put all things under Jesus's feet and gave him as the supreme and authoritative head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Ephesians 3, 
14 to 21. For this reason I bow before you, Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that you would grant you name, according to the riches of your glory, that they be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit, so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, being deeply rooted and grounded in your love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width of your love, the length of your love, the depth of your love, the height of your love, and fully experiencing your amazing and endless love, so that they may come to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, so that they may be filled with all the goodness of you, Lord God. Now to you who are able to do above and beyond anything that we could ask or think according to your power that works in us, to you be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. If you pray that every day, you'll see wonders happening in your life and in theirs. I would like to pray this prayer. Would you pray with me? Please help me, Father, to be merciful, compassionate, sympathetic, tender, responsive and unselfish to others, even as you are all of these things to me, in Jesus' name. If you prayed this prayer with me, may I suggest that this wonderful hymn is a wonderful way of exalting God and singing his, his praise and his love and just adoring him. How great is our God, the splendor of the King. <gasps> Those wonderful words clothed in majesty. I love this, this hymn, How Great Is Our God, the splendor of the King clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice as we hear the sun, the moon, the stars and the earth, they all rejoice. The whales sing to the Lord. He wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands, and time is in his hands, beginning and the end, the Godhead three in one, Father, Spirit and Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. The name above all names, worthy of all praise, my heart will sing, how great is our God, the name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. My heart will sing, how great is our God. If you want some in-depth teaching on the release of the Spirit, how to release the power of the Spirit in your life, we have exactly what you need. There are three CD series here, each with eight CDs. Release of the Spirit 1, Release of the Spirit 2 and Release of the Spirit 3. And there's a special offer if you get two or three of these series. Let me encourage you that this is such an important area that we understand the dynamics of the Spirit in our life. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.